All right, folks, this show is sponsored by Anchor. A while back, we switched over to Anchor as our hosting platform for Panel to Panel. And to be honest, it's actually been one of the best experiences we've had when it comes to hosting our podcast. A lot of people think making a podcast is super difficult, but Anchor actually allows you to record and edit your podcast all on your phone if that's what you want to do. Anchor even helps you get your podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other places like that. That way you can get your podcast to a wide audience of different people. And the best part about it, it's totally free. So go ahead, check out Anchor.fm, or download the Anchor app on your phone or through the App Store or the Google Play Store and check it out today. Now let's turn the page and get to this week's episode of Panel to Panel. going on good people of the internet it is time for comicsgrounds.com's flagship podcast panel to panel where a bunch of folks shoot the breeze and talk about comic books and such we are here live for episode six of this amazing podcast where we bring you the best of the best talking about the all the comic book news going on and in nerd culture um to wait i can't look at the screen because i'm looking at the agenda to my left we have the the hardworking, the frustrated with Tom King, the awesomeness <laughs> that is Travis Tucker. How are you doing today? Oh, my ass is tired, but I'm good. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. And to my right, we have the woman who is having audio issues, but she's still amazing at what she does. And she was going to nerd out tonight about Batwoman. How are you tonight, Mary? <laughs> I'm doing okay. I'm frustrated with audio issues, but you know, it's all, all good. All right, all right. My name is James Portis, and under me, we have our special guest for the evening. She is our host of our Star Wars podcast, Aggressive Negotiations, and she is also the co-host of our newest podcast, Seduction of the Innocent. Uh, we get, Please give it up for Kai Kiriyama. How are you doing tonight? Hey, I'm good. I am That's full of pizza, up. so we're good. <laughs> That's what's Girl up. same. That's what's up. Right? <laughs> yeah, pizza's the best. I had a freaking um macaroni and cheese hot dog from the fair today and it was a That sounds amazing. We ate pizza and watched Doom nice. Patrol. Nice. I went nice. to lunch with a friend and we had pierogi spicy pierogi pizza. Oh, nice. Yeah. Really good. Uh, that don't, don't forget, don't forget, folks, to follow this Twitch channel for all of our different podcasts, like uh, aggressive negotiations, like this show, like our Spider-Man podcast, Living on the Edge, and our newest show, Seduction of the Innocent. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at On Comics Ground, and don't forget to follow this podcast Twitter at PGP underscore Podcast, and you can like us on Facebook at Facebook.com/slash On Comics Ground. 
um, like we just talked about, you have you have our newest like not newest one of our um, like uh, longstanding podcasts, living on the edge, where we may not do whatever a spider can, we can sure talk about it. Tune in uh, on the second and fourth Thursday of every month to Living on the Edge, a podcast for Spider fans from Spider fans. And don't forget that on Comics Ground hosts our resident webhead Alec uh, and special guests as they bring you news and reviews on that show about all things Spider-Man, only on Twitch. J. Jonah Jameson, eat your heart. So from there, we are going to dig into our first topic. All this stuff with Marvel as of late, where they said, hey, we know know we we messed up with with, with trying to get rid of the X-Men. We know we messed up. So let's give you more X-Men and more X-Men and more X-Men and... Uh, it's a little bit frustrating so what i mean by this is that we have the current situation where as of this we 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 found out recently about it through uh july solicitations that jonathan hickman was going to be launching two books uh house of x and powers of 10 but it looks like x it's called powers of 10 where now we have officially been given word this week he is trying to quote unquote reboot the X-Men and well, like with this giant overarching plot. And we know that Hickman is very well known for coming in and just slapping everything on the table and saying, let's make it bigger. Let's make it bolder. Let's redo everything. And it's just, I gotta say folks, I'm a bit concerned. Um, We have, like, we know that house of X and powers in our 12 week um, and after that, we're getting a new wave of X books. That means Uncanny is going to get canceled. That means X Force is going to get canceled. Whatever Wolverine crap is going on, isn't whatever the, Wolverine the Infinity watches that kind of needs to stop. Um, is is going to be gone. Like everything is going to be rebooted and relaunched, which and, and like starting a whole new initiative going on with the X Men. Um, so. What do we think about this? Because I, I, I want to get y'all's opinion before before I speak my piece. Uh, Mary, what are you thinking about this? Well, he, here's my thing about Rosenberg's X-Men and Age of X and all this stuff going on right now. What was the damn point of it all? Mm-hmm. If, mm-hmm. if we're going into this big like relaunch thing, why did they feel the need to do this whole event but leave this little tiny X team behind. Like, unless the end of Age of X is going to be the catalyst for this, I don't see the point of it all. That's what I was at. Sounds like a freaking mess. Because, like, and we had this whole thing. Sounds like a What was it last year? Like, and we have after gold and blue wrapped up. What was it last year? With like, gold falling flat on its face with the Kitty and the Colossus marriage that didn't happen. And Kelly Thompson going, hey, just read uh, Mrs. X over here, guys. And, like, it pittering off into the, like, on on his little merry way. And they go, hey, we're going to do X-Men Disassembled. Which, when you hear that, you think, hey, Bendis did this whole thing before with the Avengers, where he tore them apart and rebuilt them. So that probably means... Kelly Thompson, Matthew Rosenberg, Ed Brisson, these creators are going to put the work in to fix the X-Men after they tried really hard after everything that happened with the Inhumans and the clouds and Gold and Blue was supposed to be the catalyst and 
start of a new fresh start for the X-Men, and then that didn't work because no one was buying it. And now they're like, hey, we're going to fix it this time in jeans here, and you guys liked X-Men Red, right? And it's like, they didn't do anything with it. And now Hickman's coming in, and it, and like Hickman's going to do his thing, and it makes it feel like, like you just said, everything was pointless. So like I don't, I don't know like it's it, it's quite frustrating. Um, um, Travis, I don't, I don't like you, I want to hear your opinion on this real quick. What do you think? Uh, well, I mean, uh, all, all my comic fam Illuminati <clears throat> uh, know that I don't I don't really read too much X Men. It's kind of I think the last book I actually read was House of M. And I know I'm gonna get torn apart for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was so long ago. Yeah, uh, but I mean, they just well, they haven't had my interest in quite some time. But as uh, my buddy Kyler had put it, like Hickman's done great for Marvel, so it's probably a good thing that maybe he can do that for the X Men now. Because according to him, things are all tangled and clustered. But that's the best input I got on it, to be honest with you. Because I just, I just don't need I, it. <laughs> I just want to jump in and make the worst possible joke. <laughs> Go for it. That if the last thing Travis read was House of M, I guess he said no more mutants when it was done. Oh, oh yeah, pretty, ah! pretty much. I, I, uh-huh. I loved House of M though. It was so good. I think House of M is I'm a sorry, great book. I'm sorry, that was pointless. They didn't know what to freaking do after that. I'm sorry, that joke was pointless and terrible, and I, I think it was. It. <laughs> Kai, what do you think about this X-Men fiasco? Uh, didn't they just do this yes! reboot? Yes! That's, uh, that's what the first point is. It's like, they just did this like, whole thing. Like, like they like just relaunched. Ago, right? Like, it wasn't that long yes. ago. Okay, because that's what started with, like, red and gold yep. or whatever, and then all of the black issues? Well, no, like, blue and gold were run had ran... From when Inhumans versus X was over. And that was supposed to be, okay, we're going to put the time-displaced X-Men over here. We're going to have the old-school uncanny team over here rebuilding the Xavier Institute in fucking Central Park. <laughs> and then it was going to like have new adventures and bring people back to the X-Men. And then, like, no one really read it. And then they go, hey, Jean's back. And give her a book that's, like, critically acclaimed because it's better than both the two mainstream books. And it's like... What do we do? Oh, X-Men disassembled, and then it didn't happen. Like, like nothing okay, was then, good about it. Well, wasn't there just, like, the whole Terrigan Mist thing? Okay, look, can you wait, before I make an ass out of myself, I have no idea yeah. what day it is. Like, time okay, has, ten, time ten, has ten. no meaning <laughs> to me. Okay, and so, like... there's, like... <laughs> like, okay, remember, like, the big relaunches in, like, 2012? Mm-hmm. When Marvel that happened, now. I thought that was like last year. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how little <laughs> that's awesome. time means. Like, no, I know it wasn't last year, but I thought it was like two years ago. You know, so like not five years ago or oh, Jesus, seven. It's twenty nineteen. Yeah. Like, that's how little time means to me, and I'm just like over here doing my thing, that's and I'm just like, didn't the Terrigan mists and all that shit just yeah, happen? That, that- yeah, that was from when all new, all different Marvel happened, and they were like, "Yeah, we're." Gonna... And then they canceled. They, they retconned all that shit, right? No, they didn't retcon it. They just said, "Hey, Medusa, you're kind of killing us." Oh, and then Medusa's like, yeah. "Oh, you're kill. We're killing you. Okay, we'll turn it off now." 
It's like, you could have just done that from the beginning. And like, mm. I know, mm. what, what sucks is I know that like, Inhumans fan people are gonna be mad at me for saying this, but here's the thing. Do the Inhumans have fans? <laughs> I don't want to be demeaning like that because <laughs> no, no, no. I, know, I, I don't. I, know. I don't want to like say that because like I know there's a lot of people that really stand. For but like, here's the thing. Until Marvel was like dead ass set on trying to erase the X Men and make the Inhumans prominence, like here's the thing. Miss Marvel wouldn't have been an Inhuman if. Marvel wasn't mad at Fox. She would have just been a metahuman and she would have did her thing and no one would have cared. Like, that's why she's so far removed from the Inhumans and the Inhumans have been banished back to the moon. Like, no one cares she's an Inhuman. Someone could retcon it and no one would care. And it's that sad that Marvel was trying to erase the X-Men. I used to get in fights with people yeah. over it. Like, like, Marvel's not trying to get rid of the X-Men. There's a cloud killing them. That doesn't mean anything. There's a cloud yeah. killing them. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I mean, come on. After Genosha, to continue to do, like, the whole murdering the X-Men in mass after Genosha, oh, no, they're trying to get rid of them. And like, Kai, the cloud literally made them sterile. They said that in the book. That's why Storm had to take every mutant she could to the nether realm with magic sword. That way they didn't all become sterile. Like, fam. <laughs> I read that. Like, like, I read that. I remember. <laughs> like she, had, she called like Doctor Strange, Scarlet Witch, Brother Voodoo, and Wiccan to all help her the, the Xavier Institute to the Netherworld, and they had to hide from the Terrigen Mist. And you're telling me they're not trying to get rid of the X Men here? Come on. <laughs> what were you gonna tell See... me, Mary? Just for my benefit. Oh. Oh, for your benefit, when I referenced Genosha, it was, oh my god, over 10 years ago, I think, at this yeah. point. Probably would have been about the early 2000s, where the mutants had set up a sovereign nation that was then attacked by a giant sentinel, and 13 million mutants were killed in the attack. Okay, it just, <sighs> it feels like the, they don't know what to do with the X-Men at this point. It felt like they, they were don't. trying to get their shit together when 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 Gold and Blue came out. Like, hey, you guys, we can we fix it now? And it was like, okay, go fix it. And they didn't fix well, it. And it was like, oh, okay, never mind. You, you ruined it. <laughs> now, granted, well, here... I will give them the benefit of the doubt because they did the most triumphant thing they could, and they got rid of the the, 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 the time displaced X Men. They did right, and that's okay. <laughs> like, we we can have X Men comics again. <laughs> Well, here's here's my tinfoil hat no theory, is that, um, first of all, the, the frightful irony of the fact that the mini X-Men Red mm -hmm. was more critically acclaimed than Gold and Blue combined. Uh, yes. I don't think that they were expecting that. Mm -hmm. I think Red was a, I see, again, conjecture on my part, but I'm pretty sure, like, I'm going to assume that Red was a knee-jerk reaction to, well, crap, we didn't, you know, really pay attention to the Batman-Catwoman thing blowing up in DC's faces, mm. and this blew up in our face. This isn't good. Like, so I feel Ugh. like Red was an, I feel like Red was a knee-jerk reaction to the fact that Gold and Blue, towards the end of the runs, were falling on their faces. Mm-hmm. And then Tom Taylor comes in and writes probably, like, X-Men Red, in my opinion, is one of the best X-Books of the last 20 years. It is. 
and like coming for me like and i am notoriously picky about my ex titles but um and then to just kind of like do some hand waving nonsense in x-men disassembled it's just kind of like first of all that story didn't need to be 10 issues long no it did not not i mean so you have so you have like the first 10 issues of this new uncanny run is this big drawn out event that ultimately climaxes in the mutants getting poofed like that could have been a two issue event a three issue event but i mean that was just to bring cyclops back and uncanny right now has just been the bro down between cyclops and wolverine And the sequel to New Mutants Dead Souls. Because I think Rosenberg wanted to go farther with Dead Souls, but the sales weren't there. So none of, like, all of this has just been a New Mutants sequel. Pretty much. And I mean, like, and the thing that pisses me off about them dragging Cyclops' body out of the grave, like, during this entire event thing is, here's a little secret. For anybody who didn't read uh, Return of Phoenix or whatever the hell that book was called last year, they could have brought Scott back then. They literally brought him back. Like, Gene resurrects him for two seconds and kisses him and says, I know I'm not supposed to bring you back right now, but I I wanted to see you for like two seconds. And then she puts him back in the ground. You could have just brought him back then. (laughs) I... I think they wanted to experiment with Jean being on her own. That's fair. I just, like, it, it, it seemed, like, so weird that, like, they did that. And then, like, six months later, hey, Scott's back! <laughs> like, I don't know. And uh, piling this all into everything Hickman's gonna do, like... And between this uncanny run and X-Men Red and to a much smaller degree blue and gold there's been a lot of decent character development Mm -hmm. i mean jean gray in x-men red alone completely reshaped my view of the character and i know all of that is literally just gonna get poofed away and i think that's why i'm frustrated about this new line of books i think you know and i like hickman and hickman writes very well but i think in terms of general character progression for the x-men this could set us back decades I could like see that. i'm afraid i'm afraid this is going to be a rehash of the pre-claremont pre-giant size number one like that's what i'm afraid of is that all of this development is just going to be gone i don't think it's that far back development wise i think um I, I, if if anything happens, we're gonna get a, a kickback to, like, right around two thousands X Men, like right when um Morrison came in. That's not. Much That's better. not. But what, what I mean by that is like, by like around that astonishing era, because it feels as if like Hickman's trying to throw a few homages in there and give things like Jean in her Marvel Girl suit and like they that whole thing recently where they put logan in his retro suit like it seems as if they're trying to throw a few little nostalgia nuggets on top of this pile but then throw cool new things like hip young new xavier in like all these things that are happening with the future because apparently house of ten is going to be about the future or like squidward told us on that one episode of spongebob future so it's like i i, I see what and the thing is like i agree with you like i love hickman to death 
Fantastic Four and Avengers are some of the best comic runs in all of history. But bringing the Hickman stick in to bang on the X-Men table when you don't know what to do is kind of a bad thing to do when you go, hey, we're going to relaunch X-Men 15 issues in. Hey, let's bang, let's bang the Hickman stick. Like, no. You needed to, like, let Rosenberg and Thompson and Brisson do their thing. And it also adds to another problem that I have with Marvel and DC right now where they don't know how to have a status quo for more than, like, two issues. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of frustrating. Like, Captain Marvel still doesn't have a status quo. And, like, and, and I feel like I'm bagging on, on the big two a lot recently in the show, but it's, like, it's really frustrating. So I want to say I'm hopeful for this this whole thing, but I, I'm really weary because of everything that's been going on with the X Men. If that makes sense, like is that a is that a fair assessment? Yeah, and something you said kind of jumps out to me, and I think this kind of helped me uh, connect the dots in my head, as it were, of the homages that you were talking about, mm-hmm. and. I've noticed that, you know, with a lot of fans and a lot of readers, there is a huge push to get back to the 90, the status quo of the 90s X-Men. Yeah, that's kind of true. But here's my thing with the X-Men, is that it is probably the one comic team that was never supposed to be about the past. I... I, I and it's it's just my opinion that I, I I feel like the X Men was always supposed to be about moving forward into the future. So I think referencing the past or going back that far is almost detrimental. And now that could be Len Wein and Claremont's influence on the book, but I always felt like the X Men was about progress and stepping back into homage and nostalgia. It might defeat that purpose. I'm also in favor of Hickman finishing Black Monday murders, but that's just me. I was happy Hickman came back to to finish Shield because like he kind of got screwed out of doing that, and then he came. So like, it's nice to see Hickman's doing more with Marvel, but I, I'm scared mm-hmm. to see what's going to happen here. So I I, I find myself <laughs> cautiously optimistic. The, yeah. that's, so that's where I'm going to leave that. Uh, does anyone have any clo- any thoughts on, like for before we move on to the next topic here? Is it safe to say that Hickman is Marvel's Jeff Johns? To, to a degree. A degree. Yes, yes. Okay, so I mean, I I I would put Hickman more in a Morrison though, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, what I mean, Jeff Johns is like DC has this habit of when well they did they can't anymore when. Stuff was just becoming awful, and everything was awry. They'd be like, "Here you go, Johns. Can can you fix everything, please, please?" please I'm fix this. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Maybe this is a good thing for the X Men. Yeah, it's possible. Like I honestly, I never thought Hickman for for Marvel again after they screwed him out of um out of the um uh, it's out of Secret Wars because. Secret Wars was supposed to be a full reboot on the same vein of Crisis on Infinite Earths. And then Marvel just went, never mind. And Hickman's like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, like, I, I, I'm glad Hickman's back. Uh, I'm like, I, I don't, I, but I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. I, I'm just, I'm very cautiously optimistic. Kai, do you have any more thoughts on this? No, because I'll probably just go and pick the damn thing up. You know that, right? 
Like, yeah. I'm just gonna be like, I've got yeah. some X-Men. <laughs> I'll just walk <laughs> in the store like, I'm looking for X-Men. Because that was, you know, what I watched when I was a kid. So I still kind of have that nostalgia for it. And I hate to use that word, but like, just like, there's some new X-Men. <laughs> Let's go get some new X-Men. <laughs> save the day. Yeah, it'll just... <laughs> well, I don't know, like... It could be the worst comic in the world, but if it's fun and well executed, I'll read it. That, that's, that's, that's what, Hick, Hickman is very good at saying, hey, let's do all this crazy big ass shit and then like have very little character development or like character development for like three people. So that's what he did with Fantastic Four, where he gave so much development to read Valeria and Doctor Doom, but then forgot about everybody else. He did the same thing in Avengers, where he cared about the Illuminati and nobody else. And it's just like, <laughs> okay, okay, Hickman, I love you, but you're doing the most right now. Okay, but I mean, like, that's uh, ensembles are hard to write. That's true. And depending on what your story, I mean, like Mary, am I wrong on that assessment? I mean. His narratives have always been a little slanted towards a particular topic, but instead of being able to spread it out evenly, it is very clear uh, reading his writing that he has his favorites. Yeah. And so he spends a little more time brushing their hair than everybody else's, as it were. Which is totally reasonable, especially if and, he's going in there well, yeah. with a story and he's like, okay, I've got 12 issues, we're telling this story, and it's, it's focused on, you know, the the cyclops wolverine bromance or whatever it is so of course like if you Don't have an ensemble cast part of me huh? oh i was just mumbling that we don't need more of cyclops <laughs> you, okay, Mary, we know you hate cyclops hard disagree I on do. that i don't even read them cyclops was right Cyclops was right. Like, like I, I will. Like, I, I may have my beef with Bendis, Mary, but making Cyclops the new Magneto was the smartest freaking thing he had ever done. Like, oh no, 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 no. I agree. Cyclops was right. It's just his very existence that bothers me. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Who cares if he's right? He's here. He's still breathing. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, well, from there, Mary, do you want to talk about one of our podcasts for a second? <laughs> I'm choking. Kai, can you do it? <laughs> Kai, can you talk about the Absolutely. <laughs> what history has gone unnoticed? What changes have been made to the comics industry because of political interference? What seedy underbelly lurks forgotten to seduce and entice those who are less wary? Friday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern, join me and Mary as we uncover the hidden truth that the comics industry hopes you'd have forgotten. It's called Seduction of the Innocent, a politics and comics podcast every Friday, live on Twitch, hosted right here by On Comics Grand. I'm sorry, I took a drink of water and I started to choke. Oh, that's, that's okay. <laughs> okay. Well, from there, we're going to go into our next topic that kind of had the internet in a f***ing this week. Um, so, uh, for all those l l lovely ladies, and uh, like some gentlemen, not me for once, um, who who love sparkly <laughs> vampires? Um, Rob, Robert Pattinson, aka Cedric Diggory, R.I.P., um, has been chosen to play Bruce Wayne in the upcoming Matt Reeves Batman movie. Hype! Yay! <laughs> see, Hype. Bat see, like Pattinson. Bat I stand Pattinson. <laughs> 
Battenson is gonna is gonna kill it. I think. I think he's gonna do really well. Yeah. Then why did you say that? Why do you say that, Travis? Because uh, he's he's very young in look, so we can get this you know young year one ish Batman making mistakes and getting stabbed and beat up and Alfred trying to stop him. <laughs> if like, he be stabbed just like he, it was written a year one. Damn it. Well, he, it, I think it needs to happen, to be honest with you. I, I would like to see a Batman we haven't seen on screen. And, like, I, I think back to, like, Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight series, right? That's kind of the gold standard in mainstream Batman. But in Batman Begins, <laughs> but in Batman Begins, there was no moment where you I felt that Christian Bale was in any like actual danger or agony and I think Pattinson has the the acting chops to show me different okay. you know what I mean can I say something go for it he spent the beginnings of his career not really counting Harry Potter but even kind of in Harry Potter and then mm-hmm. when Robert Pattinson went and did Twilight um He's, so he spent the beginnings of his career playing a broody, moody, haughty, who was rich, and, like, ish, That's I Bruce guess. Wayne. Like, he's That's, 100% Bruce Wayne. Like, he is one, he's You're got right. the broody, the, like, mysterious, the moody, and also, like... Just imagine the commentary. Remember, <laughs> remember when Twilight came out, yes. and it, there was his commentaries were just like so scathing and sarcastic, and he hated it. Like nobody hated Twilight more than Robert Pattinson. See, right? I, 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 I don't, I don't hate awesome. Robert Pattinson. I think the movies themselves are just. Well, no, because he did an amazing job for what he was given, and he started his career being broody and moody and what we would call emo and what is that you know some, what is that somewhere other than bruce wayne out, right like that's true sorry mary go ahead somewhere in the ether some fanboy i was, I was just gonna say that somewhere in the ether some fanboy just had a heart attack having uh edward and batman compared well, in the same well, sentence well, i can feel a disturbance what's in the so forest. sad is there's already fan petitions to recast it less than 24 hours change.org had three and like here's my thing i'm i I, i'm mixed on how i feel about it but i'm gonna say the same thing about about um athlete i need it i I need a suit test you give me a suit test photo (laughs) you look okay i'll give you a pass because i was so burnt from christian bale going (laughs) every three three of those movies where the marbles. I, I got tired of it. Like between <laughs> the first two movies just being, and then, and then the third movie being, oh, Mister UPS man. Like I, I got so sick of it, and I just, uh So like, I find myself not. I find myself like, if you're if you're okay, I don't care. And also, Mary, you have James's rant in here. <laughs> you you have it in the show notes, and I don't I know what you mean. I didn't know if you were going to be mad, so I just put in like, oh, no. "Okay, James needs to." Oh no, my my rant's going to come during. Uh, yeah, James Aaron Ray Park. That's my. But um, my rant, <laughs> yeah, my, I wrote that in the show notes okay, cool. as well. <laughs> but Hush is going to be my real rant. But for this, I, I find myself just um not caring. 
because here's the thing. Oh. Here's the here's the controversial hot take for the. Ben Affleck was the best Batman we could have ever freaking gotten next to Keaton. And some people don't even like Keaton, so Ben Affleck is the best shot we could have got. And because DC wouldn't give him what he wanted, or WB or whoever, we lost a golden opportunity. The man looked great in that damn suit. No one can tell me otherwise. Like, no, I'm grimacing. I'm grimacing pretty hard, dog. I'm gonna be honest with you. You don't like Fat Bat? I like, I like Batfleck, but... I I have a very unpopular opinion about Keaton, and that is he was a terrible Batman in a I great agree. Batman. I agree. I agree. That's why I'm saying. Like, I'm <laughs> Thank saying, you. But I wasn't going to put myself under that book. So wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you're gonna wait, wait. wait. You're telling if we're going me together, you... we can ride that train. Wait, you're telling me that you <laughs> don't like George Clooney as Batman? I love George I Clooney as Batman. Loved it. I, I still say, and what's crazy is saying he's sorry for Batman and Robin. Here's the thing, George Clooney, I'll say it on record right now. You were a great Bruce Wayne. You had the look Absolutely. and the suave to be a great Bruce Wayne, but they right. screwed you over. They screwed you over, put you in the wrong movie, and like, like if he would have been in, um, even as dopey, as dumb as it was, he'd have been the one in Forever and not Val Kilmer. He might have had a shot. He might have had a shot, but they messed him over. In not regards though. to Keith, I like, don't know I just, what y'all are saying, but Batman and Robin is the greatest. I was about Batman to say. I was about to say. I, I oh my! God. I love it to death, but I'm just like, but no, like I think Ben Affleck was like the best shot we had, and then they just kind of went, he no, we don't want to pay you, bye, and it's like, yep. okay, you just lost your best shot. So like, I find myself just going, okay, Pattinson, just don't, just don't, just don't screw up, and I'll leave you alone. As long as you're not going in the, my in my ear for two hours, I'll leave you alone. But that's not like, necessarily an acting choice. That's a director choice. Well, then Nolan's a moron. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> like literally, if I have to hear where where the drugs are going in, in a in a throat cancer voice again, I'm gonna scream. That's why, I like, I can't watch the Dark Knight movies anymore. Like that sound ruined it for me. I, and, and don't get me started on fucking Dark Knight, Dark Knight, not, not Dark, yeah, Dark Knight Rises. I could sit for, I, I could write an entire thesis and a whole five-page essay on why Dark Knight Rises is the worst Batman movie of all time, and it would, it would, and, it would, it would and no one would, would think I was right. That's the worst part. But we're gonna move on. <laughs> Actually, I'm curious to see what Travis has to say yeah, about you're all this. You're a Batman fan. You are, you are Mr. Batman. You're more than me um, and Mary, so well, let's see. I'm. I'm pretty excited for Battinson, and I'm gonna start saying that almost religiously now. Okay. So, <laughs> but uh, like I said, he has to be the young, making mistakes, all that stuff. Because like I liked Batfleck. Don't get me wrong. Just he he had the opposite problem that Michael Keaton had, and what Keaton had was he was a terrible Batman in a great movie. Tim Burton pretty much made him, but. Batfleck was a great Batman in a terrible movie, and so he just kind of died on the ground. And I'm, and I'm, I'm really hoping that Robert Pattinson can bring to the table kind of what everyone needs to uh, not fair. only enjoy Batman continually, but to have some new fans jump into it. Because it's hard for any new fan to see battle-hardened, killing people in prison Bruce Wayne and be interested. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. 
Mm-hmm. Now, now, there's the other thing that was announced. And do we really want to rehash Catwoman and Penguin? Do we really want to do that? If, yeah. Like, I don't even... If they can do Penguin right. <laughs> now, there's rumors that they want to make now, Josh Gad Penguin, and I'm like... But if I see one more freaking article about fans wanting what's her face from Twilight to be Catwoman, I'm gonna stab. <laughs> like if I, like, if I, I, I think I, I think she's too gay for that. <laughs> she's too gay, and she's already doing Charlie's Angels, and I want to stay away from this. She's better than that. So my opinion. I'm so excited whole, for Charlie's Angels. My whole opinion on uh, uh, putting penguin and catwoman back in is that is um some wicked good marketing it is because penguin just came off of gotham catwoman just came off of gotham and if they're going yes i just said that they just they were just in that show and if they're going for a young bruce wayne like there's a lot that they could do and they can ride that because gotham as much as People are like, eh, it was so shitty. Like, it was popular. It it got yeah. what seven seasons, five seasons, something like that, for a show oh. that everybody said was so damn yeah. terrible. To actually, the casual made it up. Exactly. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I had to tap. <laughs> I liked the first couple of seasons, but I had to tap out because it got like way too like freaky body horror. They had the pig face man with the mask. Oh, I, I like, love him. I couldn't. Um, I, I couldn't. Uh, do Professor, Professor Pig is Pig. the greatest thing that the DC ever invented. It was just. It got. It got. Falcone. Oh, I. I. I always said the one thing that I love about um, Gotham. Like I barely. I watched like three episodes of. It. The the smart. The, the best thing about Gotham was Fish Mooney, and she's not even a real DC. Right. <laughs> oh, I know it. Travis is like I have checked out mentally until we stop talking about Gotham (laughs) oh dude I can't I I can't tell you how much I hated that like don't get me wrong I liked it and then I kind of looked deeper into it and I started to hate it because Sean Pertwee though the audacity of of (laughs) Alfred coming up with with just hey Bruce put your watch on your knuckles and beat up your bullies that's not Alfred that's not him at all (laughs) Like, <laughs> I was about to say Sean Pertwee is as, as uh, he was my favorite part of the show, so I mean, but okay. I liked Renee Montoya until they did that. Oh, oh yeah, we're I not going to talk about that because that will send me off onto a fucking. That will send Mary off on a tangent. That won't yeah, be good. Mary will go on a tangent, right. and then I'll go <laughs> no. on a tangent, and then the show will be like three hours long, and we'll never get past. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, from there. Um, let, uh, why, why don't we, uh, Kai, huh. what show are you from again? Oh, right. So I'm from Aggressive Negotiation. Oh my God. I can't even say it. Words are say- hard. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> you, I'm going to do the Jedi mind trick. You did not hear that. We're going to start <laughs> over with this advertisement. 
I am the co-host of Aggressive Negotiations. Monday nights just got a whole lot more galactic. Aggressive Negotiations, a Star Wars podcast, brings you a weekly roundup of news, reviews, and general discussion of everything to do with that galaxy far, far away. You don't need to be Force-sensitive to to enjoy this podcast. Brought to you by On Comics Ground, be sure to tune in on Twitch every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. All right. So from there, um, I do want to ask real quick before we get into the topic. Do you want to talk about the the Spider Gwen situation? Do we want to avoid that? I don't think hmm. it's it. I, I, I go ahead. Sorry. No, it's fine. I don't think it's a situation. I think it's awesome. Okay, so let's talk about this real quick before we get into the main topic. Why we we did we did I we I, I, I have Mary put this in the show notes. So, Marvel announced this week ahead of the, the, the August solicitations that Gwen Stacy is going to become, like, Spider-Gwen, as she was originally, originally given her original moniker, is coming to the 616, similar to what Miles did, um, like, re, at, like, back in 2015, and now Gwen is making the transition, and her book is, is transitioning from being called Spider-Gwen, a.k.a. Ghost Spider, to just being called Ghost Spider. And I know that some people were upset by this. They were upset by the, by the full name change. They were upset by her coming to the six one six. And I get I get the second part. I'm 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 kind of mixed on the first part because my belief was I didn't keep my I've never read one of my like I actually no that's a lie. I read the two issues that tied in with the, with the, the 2015 Miles series and that's it. I I don't know anything about. Her run. I don't know anything about our universe. I, I think I know that um, Daredevil is the mayor or something, and he's like he's like he's like the kingpin. But that's it. That's all I know. So, and like I, I like I, I kind of get why some people are frustrated by her coming to this because that to what happened when uh, Miguel O'Hara Spider Man twenty ninety nine was in the middle, where you have Peter Miguel Miles Silk and Ben Riley all in the same. Year. And they're all trying to coexist. Oh, also, um, Jessica Drew, Spider Woman. But now, but now we have Miguel's just. Gone. Now we have Gwen, Miles, Peter, Silk, and Ben Riley, and, and Jessica Drew all trying to coexist. And it's just like, I, 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 I find myself indifferent. I don't really have a bone in the spite, but like, if 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 it, if it helps bring more readers to the book then then all for it i know a lot of people liked her and into the so I, i'm all for it but I, I my only fear is i don't want her to have the problem that miles is having where his book feels pointless because peter's the main spider-man so that's my issue but otherwise i i, I, I i'm indifferent um <laughs> kai i know you have an opinion on it what, what do you feel about this oh i think it's fantastic i really do she's There's some stuff that happened in her world, like they were suggesting that there was going to be a gay romance between Gwen and MJ. So pulling her out of her world, so in in Gwen, cowards. <laughs> so in her in her world, um, Peter Parker is dead. They role swapped it. Peter Parker became the, the lizard. lizard in the first place, and then and now he's dead. Um, so they, they, they basically role-reversed it where Gwen Stacy got to stay alive and is now uh, Spider-Gwen. 
or sorry, ghost spider now. Um, and so I think it's, for the one, on the one hand, it's bullshit that they're being chicken shits about it and pulling her away from cowards. <laughs> cowards. Um, but I really, I think bringing her into the 616 is not a bad thing. Um, because it means she gets to now interact with all of the villains that we normally see, so it's kind of really great for casuals. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the Ghost Spider, Spider Gwen, like, fan base is a lot of girls who don't yeah. have, who maybe, like, it, it's a lot more of a casual fan base, to be completely frank. And mostly girls. Mm -hmm. And I think bringing her into the 616 is fantastic. I also think giving, one of the things that I've seen is grumblings about the name change. And I really think that giving her her own identity is the most important thing that they could do. Spider-Gwen is a cute nickname, but it's not a superhero name. And That's giving fair. her her own identity and her own superhero name is one of the most important things that the right like, and this is Shannon McGuire writing it, who is a novelist and who is, she is, I believe she's gay, she might be pan, I'm not sure, can't remember, she's, she's very... She's, she's LGBT anyway. She's very progressive. She is very careful about what she writes. And she is very aware that having this female representation and the strong female characters, and I'm really biting on those words because I hate those words because they mean something totally different, but that's a whole other rant. Shannon McGuire is incredibly, <laughs> is incredibly aware of what she's doing. She is a long-term, she is the opposite definition of a casual she is like the most hardcore fan of this world that you could possibly imagine so like bringing like she went to her childhood comic shop to tell the owner that she got to write kitty pride for the first time she had signings there she had like it's a big deal and she is crazy hyper aware of what her audience wants and so and and is very careful to validate that sort of stuff because for her to get the opportunity to write this it's the whole cyclical giving back to the community that she felt kind of you know a part of but also shunned in and all that other sort of stuff and validating spider gwen by giving her her own code name of ghost spider and then bringing her into the 616 kind of solidifies her now the That's same way so. that it solidified miles and I, I wish that Miles had been given a code name rather than having to fight for the Spider-Man. Like, I agree. Like, Peter needs to take a break, and I love Miles. But if he had been given his own identity rather than Spider-Man, I think it would have done the same thing as what it's going to do for Spider-Gwen. Uh, pull her out of, pull him and her out of that marketing gimmick. The year of Gwen Stacy, right? Like, mm -hmm. Spider Gwen is a marketing gimmick. Gwen Pool is a marketing gimmick. Pulling Spider Gwen out of that and giving her her own code name solidifies her in that whole in the whole six one six universe and like legitimate, like makes her a more legitimate character in my opinion. And I really think it's important and I think it's fantastic. All right, that was a really good, a really good uh, take on that. Mm -hmm. Also, can I give a hot take? 
Uh oh, I'm scared. <laughs> hot takes by Mary. Let's go. <laughs> Travis hates my hot takes. I actually I love them because they just blow my mind. To be completely honest with you. She's just. It's gonna just be like Kai's wrong. Okay. Shut up. <laughs> oh my god. Actually, no, no. I just think that both names. Spider Gwen and Ghost Spider. I just think they're both dumb. Well, because like in her universe, she was called Spider Woman, and then they just called it Spider Gwen for the book. And then apparently, I found out from somebody that um after her identity was revealed, they called her Spider Gwen. But like, I just when it when it was just the title of the book for the sake of hey, she's not just Spider Woman, she's Gwen Stacy. Like, I thought it was cute and cool, but I do agree with Kai that this name gives her separate significance from Peter, and I wish they would do the same thing for Miles, but, like, I, 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 yeah. I, 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 I've been saying it for years now. Peter needs to sit the hell down and give Miles the damn amazing title, but that's just me. Yeah, and um, no, I agree with Kai in the sense that it is important for Gwen to be pulled into 616 because, you know, like Kai said, that gives her a place that gives her um, not necessarily agency, but, you know, a, a place. And I would have disagreed until Spider-Women, which was the crossover event with Spider-Woman, Jessica Drew, the the Spider-Woman. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sorry, we I, I stand a queen. Um, but now with Jessica Drew, Silk, and um, Gwen Stacy. I would have disagreed up until that event because I didn't really click with Gwen before then. And, you know, I read um, Spider-Women out of obligation to Jess and it was such a good event. And um, if they, if they, if Sony still goes through with this animated um, uh, Spider-Women movie, I think that's the story they need to adapt. Okay. And it makes me very excited for Gwen to come to 616 because I want to see more of that Cindy, Jessica, Gwen dynamic. All right, all right. But I just think that I, I just don't like either name. Like, that's my that's hot fair. take. Yeah, kind of to add to what it, uh, Mary was saying, uh, I, I think Ghost Spider is whack because <laughs> I just, I can't help but think of Spider Gwen with a flaming skull, leather leather clad, yeah. swinging with chains. You know, well, like, like it, that's the thing. Like that was the name <laughs> of a parallel universe Spider Man. He became writer to the point that when they started announcing that this was going to be Gwen's new, they purposely changed the costume of uh, Ghost Ghost Spider in the PS4 game to Ew. Spirit Spider. And I was like, oh, I see what you uh -huh. did there, Sony. That's that hurts. <laughs> I just, I just made the biggest mistake and looked up a picture of a ghost spider. Oh, oh god! I'm gonna follow gross. suit because I do these things. They're not, they're not that bad. I also, I am, I, I am, like I, I am petrified of spiders. So why would you do? Oh my god! Because <laughs> like I wanted to know. Okay, that's. Oh, those are kind of creepy. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Okay, well, well, from the we talk just, We should just tweet a picture of a ghost Okay, spider. well, from that, let's, let's move away from the spider talk and move into our uh, main topic of the evening. The, the other bat fun we had this week when it comes to Batman. So, first up on the docket is that we finally got a full trailer for the upcoming Batman Hush movie 
um, that DC is DC animation is producing. And this is where James will have his rant and will and will explain why this movie is a bad thing. So let's talk. Let, let's talk about laziness, shall we? So ever since Justice League War, DC has been doing this thing where they recycle animation and keep using the same model for the same really bad new 52 universe movies and they don't care about the canon of it they don't care about what they're doing with it they just want people to eat it up because they're somewhat using dc like like stories like justice league war and judas contract and death of superman and they don't care about anything involving it they just want to tell the story on a cheap budget and go remember when we had good dc animated movies? yeah remember this when conversation had- is quickly turning into a confrontation remember when we had good dc animated movies we had like batman and superman public enemies remember when we had like the original death of superman superman doomsday remember when we had superman unbound and all these other batman movies that happened like remember justice league doom that like was really good and was the original basis for all the crappy animation that came later and was the original basis for the young justice cartoon like mm-hmm. the, remember remember batman under the red hood guys like DC used to care. Now we have these really offbeat, like in the same canon universe movies where Damian Wayne is your best friend that you have to love because he doesn't like Batman and doesn't like following the rules. And you have like Superman who's super buff and like is really ignorant of life because New 52 Superman sucks. And it's just. Now, granted, one of the smartest things they ever did was make Rosario Dawson Wonder Woman, so they get one point from me. Hard agree. Hard agree. They get one point of cred there, but like, but otherwise, and also, I, I think uh, the one dude from Terra Nova is a decent Batman, and I, I know not everyone likes him, but I think he's decent. He's no Bruce Green, Greenwood or Kevin Conroy, but like, I live with it. So like, I... For, this trailer isn't bad. Don't 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 make a mistake. But like nothing happened. Like I'm yeah, so, no, 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 didn't. <laughs> like I'm just I'm frustrated by the fact that we are just recycling this animation to make to, to, to tell cheap stories. Because now, granted, there was the horribleness that was the opening scenes of the Batman killing joke, where we had bat sex. <sighs> but the rest That's of the movie from bat sex was great animation and retold killing joke point for point with a couple of minor edits and shit stuff that some people didn't like but like mostly perfect beat for beat what killing joke was and when they announced batman hush and jim lee even signing off on it you really thought we were getting the same thing as killing joke nope that they did the same thing with judas contract where Judas Contract was stuck in development for almost 12 years as a DC animated movie. We were supposed to get a Judas Contract movie the minute the Teen Titans TV show finished doing Judas Contract, and we never got it. So to see what happened to Judas Contract, now they're the same thing to Hush, I just find myself annoyed with like, DC animation. Now, granted, it looks like they're actually giving a damn because they 
put Superman in a decent costume and like found some decent voice actors for Catwoman and stuff like that. But it still reeks of that recycled DC animation to the point that some of that recycled DC animation was shoved into Young Justice Season 3. They even recycled Batwoman's model from Batman Bad Blood and shoved it into Young Justice. Now, granted, yay, Batwoman's in Young Justice, but, like, you didn't... Ugh. Okay, I'm done. Someone else talk, I'm done. <laughs> Rant's over. Aren't these all still traditional Hook. animation, though? Uh, sorry, uh, my, my, my headphones. They're, they're all still traditional animation, though, right? Like, these are hand-drawn, not, like... I mean, it's digital or some stuff like oh, that, but, like, it's it, it's not like it's still, like, normal animation. Okay, it doesn't look bad. I don't James has a problem. James he has, has a problem, problem with the models in construction. Why? Mary, you cut out. What did you say? She didn't. I was saying that you don't like the, uh, the models in construction. Yeah, because, like, there was a specific scene in Justice League War where they recycled the model of Static from Young Justice. And it was like, wait, what are you doing? Oh, he's just some random kid on the street. And then when they were asked by like comicbook.com or another website about what, like, did Static make a cameo in Justice League War? They were like, maybe. Did you like it? And then no one ever talked about it ever again. It's 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 lazy recycling, and it, and and like with it all existing in this really crappy DC New Fifty Two universe, that like anything can happen like connor kent being the same age as damian wayne or donna troy being younger than damian wayne and my brain just goes into like super shock mode like why i just oh, <laughs> so then it just it sounds like these are not for you as a fan this is not being created for you as a fan and you're just hurting yourself by watching it <laughs> well that's the thing. I, I got to the, i got to the point where i don't watch them anymore i'm by them because i didn't watch a super like death of superman or superman because now which hurt my whole which hurt my soul because chris williams played <laughs> steel and i had to sit there and go I oh need, he was so good i i, I had to stick to he my values so and go good. no i will not support this i'm losing out on chris williams but i have to i have to stick to my guns <laughs> he loves superman so uh, much and i just love him for i gotta it. tell you man you missed out on one of the best animated fights of our time I'm gonna be real with you. Yes, I just I had I had to stick to <laughs> yes. my guns. And the thing is, they know they know that they don't have to be lazy. You want to know how they know? Because we just got that Justice League versus the Fatal Five movie. They called Bru uh, Bruce Tim and got him to come back in and redo old scenes for nostalgia. They could have done more of that old school stuff, but they're not doing it, and it's lazy. <laughs> and I'm mad, and I'm gonna sit in my corner and pout. <laughs> <laughs> I think it looks good, personally. I think it looks it, it, it looks like a standard DC movie. Which is, like, these standard animated things, and it's like, cool, I'll probably watch it when it comes out. I have no connection to the original. <laughs> I'll watch it when it hits well, like, Netflix. Well, like, um, one thing that, uh, and Travis can agree is that whenever most people want to get in the fan, they people hand them hush because it's one of the most like iconic batman mm -hmm. stories now so it's it's a great story to tell and the trailer doesn't look horrible i just hate the animation like the voice acting sounds good some of the action looked good i'm happy superman doesn't look like a moron anymore they put him in like the, like, like the new 52 suit not the, new, the dc rebirth suit he looks good but i'm just like Ugh. 
Travis, what do you think? I, uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm kind of biting my tongue on it because no, from, the trailer, from, from, from the trailer on like a plot standpoint, I am kind of not excited, to be completely honest with you. Ooh, ooh speak your oh, mind. Really? Speak your mind. Well, it's kind of like, hush, we all, we all have read it. It was one of the most personal and, and deep and telling and, like, growing Batman stories when it was fresh. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was completely different for, you know, Superman to be like, you know what, Batman, quit it. I dare you to hit me. You can't touch me type of thing. And we got to see this 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 uh this earned darkness from everyone and it had a lot of complicated plot lines and everything concerned but i feel like this animated series is trimming a lot of fat which is actually ligaments and tendons if the analogy scans okay yeah well because it like the we all watched the trailer it kind of showcased more so Ivy taking control of Superman by orders of Hush. Yeah. And it didn't even remotely like show. I, I'd love to see a scene with young Bruce Wayne and young Thomas Elliot playing or something yes. like that. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, we, what? Why, what's up with this? This trailer seems to be just edgy hype to me. And it had nothing to do with the plot, which is why I loved Hush. I didn't love Hush because of the action. I loved Hush because of the emotion. It's does that make sense? It does. It also feels. Yeah. Like, it's aimed at the casual fan. Like, it's, they put in yeah. Catwoman, they put in Ivy taking over Superman to showcase the more action-driven stuff. Because, again, marketing. Catwoman is a big thing. The Bat-Cat wedding was a big thing. Uh, Poison Ivy currently is a big <laughs> She's well, a, no. Let's um, slide around that one, shall we? Let's, 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 let's not step. Let's, let's not step on that that bundle of twigs, if you don't mind me. Yeah, no, um, that's kind of why I let that go. That's but racist. It's, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's really? Okay. I, I, I get what you're saying, God. That like they, they, they're kind of like striking at a casual audience. Yeah, and they're making it look like a standard trailer. Like, and my retort for that is killing joke because or dark knight returns because while i agree that casuals need to be reached because like and here's the thing i don't hate casuals i love casuals i love bringing ca- casual readers and casual comic fans into the medium like i love that you damn well but, better because i am one of them <laughs> yes but my issue my, my biggest issue with these dc animated is that it feels as if dc is kind of like kicking dirt on or, or, or like even some of the, with some of the cw shows which we'll have to talk about a cw show in a minute is that it feels as if we're like they're kicking dirt on casuals and saying no you're not of these deep plot lines like killing joke and, and dark knight returns sat you the hell down except for bat sex we don't talk about bat sex and said Ugh. we're going to tell you the story the way it was supposed to be and it's because of time and movie translation we're going to tell you this beat for beat. That way, you as a as a casual can understand the story the way it was supposed to be told. So it's like, while I understand casuals have like like, like might have some like issues wrapping their brain around some things. Like it took casuals a hot minute to wrap their, their brain around like multiverse theory because of Flash. Like I still think we're kind of like insulting them by not saying they're not worthy of true retellings of these stories. Maybe there is right. Maybe it's a partly accessibility. Maybe it's also just a really bad trailer. 
Yeah, that's cool. that could be it too. I, I think I think a lot of like for a direct comparison, Kai, for like the casual standpoint, I would say like for Killing Joke, it was it was good except for bat sex. That's about as about as sin as bat nipples. But um, oh no, it's worse than bat nipples. It's worse. It's so worse. It's, it's like bat nipples that did them in a fryer. It's worse. it's like that bad. Like, but like to to kind of add an addendum to that, I would ask you like, are you interested in seeing Joaquin Phoenix's Joker? Yeah, I hate the Joker. I think the Joker is one of the worst characters on the fucking planet. I hate the Joker, but yes. I Lazy Raiders to see this movie. Oh. Okay, see now well, that, what what I'm getting at is with that movie, it kind of it's we all know what's going on. It looks almost like a live action killing joke and i'm willing to wager it's probably uh 75 85% killing joke mm-hmm. but um yeah and so like what what my issue is or i guess what my question would be is i hope that or more of a statement i hope that this joker movie does well so that we can see these deep storylines being hashed out for casuals too yes the I will agree with that. I gotta say about the killing joke. Everybody knows the killing joke. Every single person knows the killing joke because it is so iconic. controversial. It's yep. so iconic. I've read the killing joke. I've never read Hush. I think the killing really? joke is actually over on the shelf. I, I'm pretty sure Matt, my roommate, has the killing joke over on. I know I've definitely got the long Halloween. Um, I'm it's uh, Jeff Loeb and oh, Jim Lee. So definitely, definitely something See, worth reading. It, it, it really is. I'm not like a huge, huge bat person. I grew up with like. That's fair. I grew up with 66, and like in reruns, I grew up with Adam West, and then the animated series. And I, the way I grew up, I had more access to Marvel stuff because in the 90s, uh, like Batman was super dark, and. Like, everything was super dark in the 90s, but Batman was just one of those things that was just worse, somehow, in a lot of the ways. So I didn't get into comics until much later, and the comics that I did have as a kid were mostly Spider-Man because they were mostly the, like, child-friendliest. But, like, so even for somebody like me, I have read The Killing Joke. I have not read Hush. So... The Killing Joke is, you know, yeah, they're going to tell you frame for frame for frame because everybody knows what it is. Not everybody knows Hush. And that's just kind of the point. So, like, arguing, well, The Killing Joke was this. It's like, yeah, because it was a psychotic thing. Hush, they're probably not necessarily dumbing it down because they don't think casuals deserve it, but they're dumbing it down to make it make, if that's what it is. It's like they want to draw you into this deep movie that has all the stuff by showing you the action rather than showing you the emotional stuff because most people are going to be like ooh they're punching each other ooh superman has mind control or is being mind controlled let's go ooh poison ivy is still a villain let's go yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean so i don't know see i want to hear mary's point on this one okay <laughs> Kai, you can finish. Up. I didn't mean to cut no, you no, off, Kai. No, I don't no, want to say I want to. Just... I, feel, I feel like Mary's point on this would be like really like good because I'm I like yeah. Um, I I definitely see what everyone is saying. I kind of like my 
my concerns slash worries is kind of like the crossroads between Travis and Kai is that, you know, I, I do have Travis's general worry that they're going to cut out certain things for time or to cut out some of the nuance that certain longtime readers have picked up that are hard to translate into animation. But like Kai said at the same time, not everyone has read it. My biggest issue with the trailer is the trailer itself. Ooh. I think it was really poorly cut together. Because if you go in with a fresh perspective, you've never read Hush, you're watching the trailer, because Victoria watched it with me, I put it up on the TV, and Victoria looked at me and she said, is Poison Ivy the bad guy in Hush? And I went, no, it, it's the dude with the bandages on his face. And she said, I'm not getting that from this trailer. Is that the construct is that the construction of the trailer makes it look like Ivy is a more central villain than she is when it's the crazy guy with bandages on his face. So, I mean, it's just under two minutes. They can't really do much, but I think it's just kind of poorly constructed. And I know that it's because of a marketing standpoint, like, look, regardless of where anyone stands on the character, Poison Ivy's a big moneymaker. Yeah. And they want to... Um, bring it in because you know we've we got a shot of Harley Quinn in the trailer too because that's kind of a hey she's in this too. Zinger. <laughs> but I think those punchy marketing points kind of lent itself to a really boring trailer that we have to hit all of these little points so you know we don't actually get anything because in the trailer nothing happens. Like, it's just yeah. like, okay, here's the bad guy, but here's Catwoman, here's Poison Ivy, here's Harley Quinn, here's Batman punching stuff, here's Nightwing. Like, I get it, but at the same time, like, it was kind of a boring trailer. No, that's, right. a, that's, a, that's a first perspective. I, I like the way you said that. Yeah, uh, it, it makes a lot of sense, because, like, I, I feel like if I went up to Victoria and was like, did you know Hush is a great surgeon who reconstructed Bruce Wayne's face upon his own face? I, I doubt that would even land with just a trailer. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, and it's it, it's not even like the whole plot point. This is why you should read Hush. <laughs> well, it, 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 <laughs> it's, it's been like a decade. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kai. It's kind of it's kind of past the spoiler part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'll give you two weeks for Endgame. Double Endgame. You <laughs> we'll give you, you <laughs> but nine times out of ten when people watch a trailer it's to kind of get a you know what is this gonna be about a little bit i think that they were so heavy on featuring everything else when it everything else is so unimportant to the actual story that it didn't really sell Hush of as a character, like because you're calling it Batman Hush, but he's kind of barely in the trailer, kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And I just think it was a poorly constructed trailer. Like that's my issue with it. That's, that's a fair, that's a fair perspective to have. Oh All yeah. Right. Well, from there, let's go into our other main topic <laughs> of the evening. Very <laughs> feeling it. So, so okay, so like, what was it? Beginning of the week. We got, we got the teaser of the, the giant freaking cape flowing and then her on top of the ledge, and, and the, which was epic as all hell. And Mary was crying over that. That, that, was, very, uh, that was very entertaining. <laughs> then I, I, I wake up 
like 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 from sleeping like and i i i see oh god there's a trailer let me look at let me look at the uh like at the discord oh mary's going insane oh oh let me watch this and it just <laughs> so what, what i'm speaking about is uh the bat the, the trailer for the new cw show Batwoman uh released and it gave us a look about what the show is gonna be about and i'm really intrigued I want to give it. I want to give. Watch your next words carefully. No, you'll approve of this because, like, Mary, are the are the bird thing people a thing? Because I could have sworn her, Jacob Kane was the leader of the colony. He is. I'm like, are like, trying to put a new spin on the, the colony? Crows. That's kind of the feeling that I'm getting. Okay. Like what? What I mean? What I mean? What I mean? What I'm calling like the main protagonist for a long time, like in that run where Batman and his little team were going up against uh, Batwoman's dad and his whole little legion of people that could, that were supposed to be better than Batman, which which I highly recommend reading. That I bet Mary will agree with that. Um, so mm-hmm. I definitely like where this trailer is going, um, but this obviously isn't for me to talk about. Uh, Mary, how did you feel about this trailer? <laughs> okay. Okay, let me shuffle my, you know, 873 pages of notes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's only 872 pages. Yes. Oh. <laughs> but would it be safer to have other people give their thoughts and then me give my yeah, thoughts? Yeah, sure. Kai, what did you think about the trailer? I loved it. Uh, it I, I loved it. Um, I don't want to say... I just want Mary to do her thing. I'm like, I don't want to steal Mary's thunder. I thought it was awesome. It looks fantastic. I don't have any reference point for Ruby Rose as an actor aside from her being deaf in John Wick 2. I understand she's from okay. Orange is the New Black? Okay. Is that yes. right? Okay. Uh I have no reference point yeah. for her, so for her to come in, it's just like brand new actor, brand new, <laughs> brand new show. It looks fantastic. It looks like a CW show, but yes, I'm like does. the biggest yeah. Flash fan girl. I love the Flash show, and like I said, I enjoyed Gotham. Does this take place immediately after Gotham? I don't know how the series ended. It's not the same universe. No, it's not the same universe not at all. Not the same universe yeah. at all. Okay, cool. So it is just the Arrowverse. So whatever is going on with Batman. And well, the, the the premise that we're getting seems to be that Batman has abandoned Gotham, whether he has died or whether what has happened we don't know. Um, my head canon is that um Batwoman is in the same universe as Titans. That way we can say Batman went insane. Um, that's my head canon. But we're not gonna talk about that. Um, I do think also, and now. Kate has arrived, also, and apparently, Jesus, <laughs> this show's been out for like a year. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, and like, like uh, Kate arrives, and after seeing that something happens to one of her friends, she goes to um, Wayne Tower and finds the elevator and finds Luke Fox trying to guard it, who's the son of Lucius Fox. I know and... that. Oh my God, I know that one. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I know who that was, god damn it. <laughs> yeah. And and then she goes down into the Batcave and finds the suit and tries to like 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 do this whole thing yeah, on her own. It looks amazing. Just put it in my eyeballs right now. 
<laughs> Let's just watch the damn show. I, I, if it's not gonna hit Netflix, I'm screwed. Cause I mean, and, like it has that whole like doesn't and, CW and, have that whole thing after the first season drops? A there oh. is a minor issue with that. Are the sales not going well with that. Warner Brothers and Netflix have decided to not continue the automatic partnership. And now what I mean by that is that the current deal the CW has is a week after the show ends, they will put it on Netflix. It was an automatic straight to Netflix thing. Oh. Now, this rule only affects new shows. So Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, those will still transfer automatically. Legends of Tomorrow is not on Canadian Netflix. Oh. Neither is Arrow. I get Flash okay. and Supergirl. That's weird. It really sucks. Okay. But... That sounds awful. That's isn't it kind of funny that they film probably, in Vancouver, but Canadians don't get all the. Sh it's it has to do with licensing. And that is kind of stupid. BS, and I, I hate it. Funny. Yeah. So I watched The Flash so much, and I ran out. I caught up on everything. So I'm very excited for Batwoman. Anyways, long story short, I'm excited for Batwoman. If it doesn't hit Netflix, I'm screwed. All right, Travis, <laughs> what did you think about this trailer? Um, I'm I'm uh I'm excited, and to keep it quick, so so Mary can say her thing i'm excited to see ruby rose and not three edgy for me roll <laughs> that, that's that's about it all right mary it is your time to shine you have the floor well i was actually going to finish my thing about the netflix okay, go deal oh go for it <laughs> no but <laughs> for the new shows each new show is going to be petitioned to netflix individually all right then. so um there is a spinoff of riverdale that is coming forward um katie keen i think nancy drew and batwoman are their three new shows so those will be petitioned individually however there's always a however um warner brothers is planning their own streaming service of course they warner are. brothers is yes warner brothers doesn't is. that oh my god i'm so tired of subscriptions james <laughs> Ooh, Sonic. Ooh, oh my god um, doesn't that like just render dc universe Nolan Boyd. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Time Warner is also the parent company of HBO. Oh my god. Uh... AT&T is the parent company of Time Warner, HBO, um, Warner Brothers, everything. So, but it looks like Batwoman, and these are, this is all speculation right now. This is all speculation. This is rumor. Um, nothing is confirmed with this, but the rumors that I am seeing is that Batwoman might be earmarked for that service. See. Because it is, it's going to be a, I mean, and I'm not even talking script or critical uh, views of the show, but it is going to be a big one. See, and that leaves me kind of frustrated because it makes me feel like putting a door in case DC Universe doesn't work. And, like, it, it leaves me scratching my head because, especially because DC just finally bit the bullet and put their entire catalog on. So it makes me feel as if DC is going to bite the bullet and say, this was a bad idea. Let's make it a Marvel Unlimited app and be done with it and just have all of their shows be on the WB. Well, none of the CW shows are on DC Universe. They are. They're not. Mm. The only um, current running DC show that's on DC Universe is Krypton. Yeah. Which is a thing. I forget. Well, like, I feel I as if... I, 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 I think it's the only one, but I feel like they would put the CW shows at, like, as, like, a 
Netflix on CD, on the uh, DC Universe, it would kill their their archival well, rating because not everyone has not... the DC Universe app. If you tell a casual, hey, you have to watch Flash reruns or like Flash seasons on not on Netflix but on the DC Universe app, they're not going to watch it anymore. Yeah. Well, anyway, anyway, I'm shuffling my paperwork because I have a lot of things. All right, to say. let's go. <laughs> um. Okay. First of all. Um, if for whatever magical reason you do not know, I am a massive fan of Batwoman. <laughs> I don't think massive is, like, a powerful enough of a word to describe my religious devotion to this character. <laughs> her icon I have... is Batwoman as her. Yes, yes, that is my icon. It's, it's me as Batwoman. I have six <laughs> first appearances. Six copies of her first appearance, um, four copies of her first appearance as Kate Kane, and then two copies of her accidental first appearance, which was because of an editing error. Mm. And then I have every single print appearance. And by every single, I mean every single. It has spent me years and more money than I want to count. But even if she's in one panel for one scene, I have that issue. <laughs> I have problems. Wait, so does that mean you have Cry for Justice? I do have Cry for Justice. <laughs> I spent money on that. Do you have a tattoo yet? I don't. I'm surprised you don't, man. They're just legitimately—they're expensive. They are. And like I don't I don't know where I want to put it and like do I really want that to be there for the rest of my life? I don't know. But I mean, I um Aquaman tattoo, so I don't, I don't, I'm surprised about Bat Gang. <laughs> <laughs> but we're derailing her. I have <laughs> such Yeah. So my my obsession with Batwoman is probably you just uh so Anyway, welcome to the Church of this Bat trailer. Woman, where Mary is the, it... Yes, welcome to the Church of Batwoman. <laughs> I'm going to preach. Um, in terms of Ruby Rose as the character, she, you know, I watched Orange is the New Black, and the extent of her character on Orange is the New Black was to be sexy. Like, that was the extent of her character, was to be really hot. And, you know, she did that fairly well. But when I heard that she was cast as Batwoman, I admittedly had mixed feelings. While I was excited that there was a gay woman being cast as a gay character, she doesn't really have a very large acting body of work. Like, she's done several things, but like in John Wick, she doesn't talk. It's just a bunch of, you know, she's a stand-in for the stunt double, as it were. And uh, in Orange is the New Black, you know, she was a fairly prominent character her season, but it was mainly like, hey, look how hot I am. Like, it was kind of that. She's in one of the Pitch Perfect movies, and I liked her in that. She was in the okay. new... But... I want to say Triple X? The Meg. Yeah. yeah, she was in the Meg, too. In the, the most which recent was just... Triple X. Yeah. Yes, yeah, she was. She had blue hair in that one. It was weird. The Meg was... The Meg was just as dumb as I hoped it would be, yes. and I loved every second of it. I love it when movies like that don't take themselves seriously at all. But um, I was pleasantly surprised um, during the Elseworlds crossover when we saw the character, because 
I have this thing that for me, and you know, I have such a heavy emotional attachment to comic book uh, superheroes that if an actor doesn't quote get it, it completely ruins my interpretation of, you know, my viewing experience of this person as this character. And by that, I mean, like, if this person is just reading lines off a script or, you know, I, I want there to be that connector in the character. That's one of the reasons why I like Gal Gadot so much is because she has such a heavy connection to the character that, you know, she ha has read everything. She knows this character inside and out. And I think that is able to not only draw upon source material, but completes the overall performance of the character. And Ruby Rose has that kind of mindset when it comes to Batwoman. She knows that Batwoman is important. She knows why Batwoman is important. And she understands the emotional motivation of this character. All right. So... In Elseworlds, I was very pleasantly surprised with the performance. The episode of Elseworld itself uh, was okay. The extras could have been paid better because those were some crappy extras. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was a very good introduction to the character. And Ruby had good chemistry with everybody else. I particularly liked her chemistry with Melissa Benoist as Supergirl. And so naturally, when they announced that the show was getting a pilot, I, I got kind of over emotional. And of course, I cried during the Elseworlds episode. So <laughs> it, it was ugly crying. But and so I was really excited when I heard that they were getting a pilot order. But I was also fairly worried that because she is a gay superhero, you know, she's getting a pilot, she might be getting a show. And then I realized it's on the CW. And I'm like, Mary, you're being stupid. Like... I feel like instead of having a quota for gay characters, the CW has a quota for straight characters. Like, you need to have at least one. Everybody gets one. Everybody gets one. But in terms of the trailer itself, um, like I said, it looks like a CW show. And I think the important thing to point out with the general production value of the trailer is that the only footage they had on hand was the footage from the pilot. And pilots notoriously have much smaller budgets. And I've, because I've seen a lot of people talk about how the trailer looks really low budget. And it's because, you know, t television pilot, you're not going to dump a bunch of money into a pilot. And I think they did the best with, uh, with the pilot money. I mean, to be fair, Black Lightning's uh, pilot labs budget behind. Yeah. Well, Black Lightning, they're able to do it a lot with, you know, heavy foaming um, Christmas lights kind of a thing. Yeah. And, like, for what I, like, me saying, oh, it looks like a CW show, it was not meant to be an insult. I genuinely enjoy the ones that I watch. Oh, no, no. Yeah, no, I, I, that was a poor linkage of points on my part. Okay, just just, just putting that but... out there. I like, I like CW <laughs> shows. I don't want to tell you how many episodes of, like, or how many seasons of Supernatural I've watched. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I figured you meant in terms of, like, general thematic you know mm -hmm. narrative yeah, no, that's kind of, kind of a thing for. yeah but um the plot of the pilot seems to be kind of a marriage of batwoman elegy and 52 because um i i did the absolutely hilarious thing of scrolling down to read the youtube comments mm -hmm. and that oh oh it's so funny it's so funny because like james said in the pilot batman has abandoned gotham which 
he has done and it was a major plot point in 52 that after infinite crisis batman freaked the hell out and left gotham and batwoman became a character in you know she became a bat because there was nobody else there and we find out in Batwoman Elegy her origin, and they've kept so much of her origin in the trailer. I'm very excited that they kept uh, her military background, because Kate's military background is not only a large piece of uh, her history, but it is such a large piece of comic book history that, um, obviously, if you haven't figured out Batwoman is a lesbian by now, I feel sorry for you, but <laughs> guess what? She's a lesbian. Um Kate was in the West Point Military Academy and was discharged under Don't Ask, Don't Tell, which barred um, homosexuals and uh, bisexual, you know, LGBT people from uh, serving openly in the military. Somebody rats her out and she's discharged from the military. And it was a massive storyline at the time in 2009-2010 when um, Elegy was being written and published because Don't Ask, Don't Tell was such a huge topic at the time. So it is a huge piece of comic history as well as her own. So I'm very excited to see that they kept that in because in her appearance in Bad Blood, it was just kind of, you know, they, they didn't want to get too much into it. So they said that she was, quote, just kicked out of the military, which unfortunately adds a different connotation. Mm -hmm. um, like, like I said, the trailer looks like it's going to be a bit of a retelling of Elegy because we saw the introduction of Alice, who looks phenomenal. Because uh, Alice is one of Kate's really earliest solo villains. Uh, the big twist with Alice is that it's her twin sister. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the big twist with Alice is that Alice is her identical twin sister. But they have obviously not gone that route with the show. Whether or not Alice will still be her sister remains to be seen. But... I liked the look of the character. I like that she still speaks with the Alice in Wonderland thing because that was her shtick in the book is that she was Alice from Alice in Wonderland. And that bit in the trailer where she's sitting there flipping the butterfly knife, I'm like, yes, I love that. I would have cut my hand off doing that. <laughs> but, um, and then there's the bit with Sophie, which I get, but at the same time, I'm sad. Because Sophie in Elegy is uh, uh, the name of the girl that she's fooling around with when she gets kicked out. But I get the very distinct feeling that the CW could not use Renee Montoya because Renee Montoya is going to be in Birds of Prey. So I think Sophie is going to be exactly Renee Montoya, just with a different name. Just don't make her question and I'll be okay. Yeah, I, I miss that. That'll piss me off if they try to say, "Hey, Sophie's the new question." Stay, stay over there. Stay. I don't. I don't think they're gonna go that far with it. I think that they're gonna. Cause Sophie's only made two or three appearances in the comics, so it gives them a relatively clean slate to work with, while still being able to point to comic accuracy. So it kind of gives them like a um, felicity kind of like openness because. Fun fact for any Arrow fans that think Felicity is a... No! She was a Firestorm she was... character! <laughs> uh, yep. 
Oh, I've been so out of the loop. This hurts. <laughs> that's that's why Arrow pisses me off. <laughs> Nobody left turns away from Green Arrow, and it's annoying. Uh... <laughs> Mary, go back to your rant. I'm sorry for your rant. Yeah, but um, so I know I think I, I think Sophie's just gonna be uh, Renee essentially. Okay. Um. One thing I do think which is very, very interesting is the exclusion of Betty Kane, who, you know, was, uh, who is, I should say, Kate's cousin in favor of the stepsister, because uh, the girl who calls Kate and telling her that Sophie is missing is her stepsister, whose name is Mary, and they do enjoy that. But, like, they could have had Flame Bird. That makes me sad. But but my theory is I'm wondering if they're going to try and pull Flamebird into Titans at some point in the future. I'm maybe maybe because she because Flamebird has a long Betty and Flamebird have a long publication history before Kate was introduced. So I'm wondering maybe if we're going to be seeing some things pulled in or not, or if yeah. we're going to see Mary become Flamebird. Yeah. I mean, that'll, so that was my that'll super... give me like speedy arrow vibes, but I'll I'll let it slide. Yeah. Well, I mean, Flamebird was essentially rewritten to be Kate's sidekick there for a while. Yeah, you're right. But so that that those are my point by point breakdown of the trailer. But oh my god, it looks so good. <laughs> I, I understand. Like I delayed that a bit. I wanted to delay that a bit and make you people suffer. But <laughs> oh my god, it looks so good. I mean <laughs> uh, I mean there are the bits that people are mad about. And like I get it, but I think they're reading way too much into it. I don't I don't want them giving a man credit job like yeah sure it's not like it's kind of eye rolling but at the same time like are you really that mad Legit, about it? like is you mad or not <laughs> because you know it, and in the youtube comments people are pointing out like well why is she saying that when she's running around dressed as batman i'm like that's the joke douchebag yeah, yeah, yes that was the, the whole point of the joke <laughs> And it's just like, I, I never understand why people get as upset as they do about these kinds of things. Um, the only part I did genuinely roll my eyes at is uh, the, when the title cards say the hero we need is here. They and did the, the same thing Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel. And I rolled my eyes at that too. I'm like, okay, we're leaning a little hard here. <laughs> I mean, granted, I it, it, it makes some women more enjoyable. But I, I I do get that it's a slight cringe, I guess. Yeah. And they're really trying to push that this is going to be a Batman-type show. I'm so in. I think it looks... Yeah, <laughs> this looks amazing. Like, honestly, I'm really hoping that... The, like, I saw a rumor back like before that Nightwing could come in. But I'm like, he's on Titan, so that probably won't happen. But with the recent um ties that... Well, Rob what? Robin's on Titans. Well, aren't they gonna make him Nightwing? I don't know, but it's got, it's up in the air right now. Well, like what I was gonna say is like, wait, Robin is Nightwing? What? Oh my what? god! I'm kidding. I'm kidding. How casual are you? <laughs> 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 did kidding. we did we spoil that kidding. one for you too? God, spoilers! What the hell? I mean, like, I, I know Jason Todd was. I, I know Jason Todd was Titans. They put. 
Okay, Kai, I gotta say 30 years is the spoiler <laughs> yes. for you. I'm only but like... 30. I was three. You can't oh expect God. me to oh I was from the time I was three. Oh my God. Kai, I'm 27, and I know these things. I, really, I do know Nightwing. Oh, she's just yeah. joking. I'm, not. I'm so hurt, I can't even laugh. <laughs> 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 no, like, I, I think, like, even though Jason Todd was in the recent Titans, I feel like pulling Red Hood in might be a good idea, especially because uh, Batwoman was in mm -hmm. the, like, the most recent Hood arc. But, um, is there anybody else besides Montoya, like, from the DC Universe that could pull into the show? Because, like, one of, my biggest one, one, of my, one of my biggest fears with this show is that it's going to have the arrow problem where they run, or, yeah. or the blind lightning problem, blind lightning, is that they're going to run out of villains really quick. Yeah. And they're going to start, like, trying to, like, shimmy Batman villains over because of Gotham being canceled, which I don't really care, but I do think it kind of makes... Kate, uh, Kate not seem like she has her own shit which this could be a, a great way to like workshop Kate to have her own shit and launch a new Batwoman book but like I don't know Mary what do you think I think and you know I, I do have a couple of worries for the show my first worry is the fact that Kate doesn't really have a lot of organic villains and I think this is one of the biggest problems that we had with her book in the new 52 mm -hmm. is that in the new 52 she was the supernatural bat she got to hunt all the supernatural crap and it's like I understand that you know it's easy to uh, pull things in because in the new 52 her first villain is La Llorona who is um I think it's a Mexican um, yeah, like folk uh, urban legend or something like that. They just did a, um, a really bad movie about it from what I understand. And then uh, she had to fight Medusa and then she fought vampires. And it's just kind of like, and I feel that that was to the character's detriment. With the inclusion of Alice and if they pull any more from 52, I think we're going to see the religion of crime involved. Oh which, uh, because her sister was abducted by the religion of crime, and in 52, it's the religion of crime that's after her. Okay. So I think they can at least stretch two seasons of stuff out of the religion of crime. Okay. After that, I don't really know. Um, my other issue with this show is that, <sighs> will it find an audience? And this is where I begin to step in some hot water a bit. That um, Bat fans, you know, most most Bat fans are really excited about the show because Bat fans love the Bat family. And, you know, this is another entry. And a lot of Bat fans understand that it's not taking a show away from Batman. It's giving a show to somebody else in the family. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. I just knocked my mic off the table. Oh but... <laughs> And I, I have my worry because, you know, this will be the first uh, show where a lesbian super, where a gay superhero headlines the show. Yeah. And it, it does work, you know, for shows like Legends of Tomorrow and in Supergirl and to a much lesser extent in Flash and in Arrow, but they aren't the main character. So... I'm worried about the show finding an audience. I mean, like, look, lesbians are going to watch this. You, you can't deny that lesbians are going to watch this. Yeah. 
I'm just worried about it being able to appeal to um, uh, uh, straight people, basically. And I'm not saying, and like, and when I bring that up, a lot of people tend to think, oh, you're saying that straight people won't watch gay stuff. I'm like, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying if they go too hard one way or the other, it could run into some problems. Does that, does that make any sense? No, it makes perfect sense. That I'm just like, I am just genuinely worried about the show finding an audience because, you know, a super gay TV show like The L Word or Queerest Folk, those didn't have large straight audiences for obvious reasons. So if they go too gay, I'm worried about it alienating a general audience. But if they don't go gay enough, as it were, I'm worried about it pissing off gay people. So I think that is going to have to be one of the biggest balancing acts of the show is that you know and i understand the argument of well it her sexuality shouldn't matter i'm like that's nice but it's going to yeah you like i know that oh some people are all about like like don't force the gay shit down my throat but the thing is like regardless of what you may think being gay is a part of who is like granted they don't need that they don't need to like be like super about it every two seconds but even in this trailer you could tell they had a fine balance of crime fighting but she can still find love so yeah like that's what i appreciated i think the narrative they need to pull from the strongest is anissa and black yes. lightning because you never forget that anissa is a lesbian but she's able it is able to balance out and you know being fleshed out into the full character and I think if that's the narrative they need to take heavily from, I'm worried that they might go a little too hard into the campy gay aspect of Legends of Tomorrow, which is amazing. Do not get me wrong. <laughs> gay snark. I love Legends. <laughs> gay snark, yes. <laughs> I'm, yes. Oh, I'm so happy he, Wentworth Miller finally got to play gay. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> but... Um, I'm just worried about it being a good balance because Legends doesn't have to have a good balance because it's an ensemble show. Yeah. Batwoman won't be. You, so far, we've got maybe two, three other characters because we have Luke Fox, which I'm very excited about, which is a, a, a straight pull for Rebirth. So it looks like they're even pulling from uh, Tynan's current Rebirth. If they make him Batwing, I will shit Brooks. Oh, you know it I, I, there. Oh, I would love it. I bet you money. I bet oh, yeah. you money. His suit's going to be low budget, but I could see them doing it. You can't. But I mean, they pulled off Jeff They pulled off Black Lightning pretty well. Kai, well, from the casual perspective, what do you, like, do you think that this is a show people can... Kai. See, I'm here. I'm here. I'm just like, uh, CW shows tend to pull audiences. They don't cancel them often after first seasons. Um, they yeah. probably sunk quite a bit of money into this run. Like, Legends is still going, right? Arrow is the only one yes. that has finally ended. Mm -hmm. I believe so. Yes. I think, so, so, 
from a marketing standpoint, doing the big crossover thing and getting the Elseworlds and stuff in um, is fantastic. I hate the crossover events because and I, among I can only CW one. So, so I'm like, well, yeah. we're just gonna skip this one because I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> but um, and I think uh, on, along that same, go ahead. No, no, finish your thought. Oh, I was gonna say along that same line with the marketing thing. Um, her appearances in the crossover among CW viewers it was very highly rated. I think I saw like an eighty percent wow. of yeah, no. people thought had a favorable opinion. Yeah, no, she they they are doing everything in their power to stack this in Batwoman's favor. They have they have sunk a mm -hmm. lot of money into this, mm -hmm. and with Gotham just ending, like Gotham just ended like last week. And yeah. Arrow just ended too, didn't it? Or is it? It's like in the final season. I don't think the series finale is hit yet. I didn't know either of these things finally ended. And I think Arrow. Yeah, ended. Gotham just ended, and Arrow's coming soon. Yeah, it, this is their. They're they're winding down. So now they're going to be looking for stuff to fill that, like that void, I guess. Um, which is why I was asking is, is, is Batwoman actually connected to the end of Gotham? Um, I feel like, like, like from a marketing standpoint, they're doing fantastic and they're doing everything that they can to physically stack this, like stack everything in favor of the show from a casual st See, I know a little more about Batwoman <laughs> to post, um, <laughs> other stuff because Batwoman is awesome. Um. I, it looks really, really good. And the fact that all they had was the pilot episode to build that trailer off of. If I, like, I, I wasn't mm -hmm. sold on anything. I'm like, oh, Batwoman, okay, that's cool. And then I watched the trailer, and I'm like, holy shit, Batwoman. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> the writing is snappy. Um, Ruby plays, so far, she plays both sides really well. And I think that's kind of, is one of those things, like, going back to talking about Battinson. It, it's like being able to play both. Like a mm -hmm. lot of Batman actors play either a very good Bruce or a very good Batman, and it's two very different roles, just essentially, because um, the way Batman yeah. acts is completely different and from the way that's... Bruce acts. And Ruby mm -hmm. in the trailer seems to really, at least for me, really pulled off, you know, being able to. She was already a badass, but then putting on the suit made her even, like, more of a badass. Like, a different kind of badass. Yeah. And I feel like, like, it looked really good. Sense. I'm really, like, I'm sold on it. Um, and I, I just I, think... I think a lot of my worry comes... Go ahead. I was gonna say, I just think... Because she doesn't have a lot of stuff. Like, what are they... There's not a lot of content. That was my biggest fear of my right. lightning too. So right, like gonna be a thing sooner or later where like she's just stealing from other people's stuff. I really want to. That's kind of what I'm excited for, if I'm being completely honest. <laughs> like yeah, I, I, like I, I'm if, happy with her if, punching if, Penguin or Riddler, yeah. like, pulling something from Gotham, pulling, fight, let her fight some vampires because that would be cool. Let her fight the um um Court of Owls. Yes. Or Lady Shiva and Mother from Eternal. Like pull some, like I would be happy. Let's to not bring that. back Mother. 
I think that's No, mother needs life. <laughs> I think that that's something that they would they need to do is bring in a character or a, like a villain, somebody that people would know, be it Riddler or Penguin or Catwoman or Ivy or Mr. Freeze, I don't care, but bring <laughs> in somebody that is like a name brand bad guy, so to speak, that people would know from Batman and kind of like Batman left the city. We need so she becomes Batwoman to like because the city needs a a bat. So then bring in one of Batman's villains to make him like bring in Riddler. He's innocuous. He could be a, a mastermind. But like I think that she needs that name brand villain, so to speak. I think it looks good. And I'm an sorry. interesting point and Go for it. Go ahead. No, I'm I was just saying I'm sold. I'm sold. Go ahead. I'm excited. Oh. And I think that this raises an interesting point and one that I've never actually spoken about publicly is I think it is my heavy emotional attachment to the character that almost rules my opinion invalid. And I'm not saying that from a self-deprecating standpoint. I'm saying that I have such a close attachment to this character that I am going to sit here and pull out, you know, pull, tug at all these tiny strings. And my worry about it finding an audience is more grounded in fear than anything else. Because if this doesn't work, then it, it, it will affect me very deeply. Like, you know, James, if Aquaman would have been a box office flop, you would have been devastated. Oh, bro, I, I was worried as hell for Black Lightning. I'm still worried about Black Lightning. So, like, yeah. I, I totally get where your head's at. And it, it's just, and I think that I have, you know, I hold this character so close. And unfortunately, I have a very specific interpretation of this character that I'm very fond of. So that's what makes it hard for me is that it looks amazing. I'm very excited, but I have this list of fears that, you know, a more casual audience won't have. And in terms of Ruby, like, you know, she plays the badass so well. But there is a deep emotional scarring with Kate that, because I mean, you know, her mother was brutally murdered. Her sister was kidnapped and thought dead for years. She was thrown out of the military. The only thing she had was to serve. And finding Batwoman was finally her way to serve. Like there is such an emotional complexity that that is what I am worried about with Ruby Rose. And I don't want the character to just be stripped down to gay badass. I want to see some of the emotional complexity. They put that right in the trailer, though. Yeah, they did. They put that exact yeah. line in the trailer. So but, I think they are going to play that angle a bit. I, mean, I hope a lot. But, she, but can she that's, sustain yeah, it? That's the thing. Mm. Like, sustainability. My, my, my question is sustainability. Is Can they keep it going without going too heavy into the milk toast thing? Right. That I mean, you know, and I'm not trying to disagree with anybody, and I'm not trying to start a fight. I'm oh, just no. expressing that you know these are my worries. You, you're making and if valid we points. get, I want to see her get stabbed in the heart. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> because she does, she gets stabbed, and then she pulls it out of her own heart and throws it at somebody. And god damn it, I want to see that. <laughs> but no, <laughs> outside of my fears, I, I'm going to wrap yeah, we, this we, up. Yeah, go ahead but and wrap out, up real quick. 
outside of my fears and my worries and I guess my general paranoia, I cannot begin to describe the excitement that I have, the um, almost emotional validation that I felt watching that trailer. And, you know, if I could have gone back in time and showed a much younger version of myself that trailer, oh god, I'm getting emotional. Um, oh, let what it out. It could, what it could have done for me. Because it, it was finding this character and seeing this, you know, this strong gay superhero pulled me out of a very dark situation. You know, I was about 14. I'm not going super hard into it. But just having something tangible to see and to witness, like, I cannot begin to describe my excitement. I, I have worry and fear and paranoia, but I look forward to this probably more than a lot of people. And That's what's up. It's, now it's just a waiting game. All right. Well, from there, so. we, we're going to go ahead and get to, get to the end of the show here. We are going to go over our recommendations books that came out this past week. I had wrote down mine and realized it's a book for next week. So we're going to talk about a book that came out this week. Uh, mine is Aquaman uh, number 48 that was released uh, this past week. It's the beginning of a new arc from Kelly Comics Aquaman, where like he's finally trying to work his way back to like his home. And it's, it's really well done. It's really very well written. I highly recommend. Um, Travis, what is a book that came out th- of this past week that you like to recommend for people to pick up? Uh, my, mine wasn't this past week, but the week prior, if that's okay. okay. That's fine. Uh, it's uh, Murder Falcon 8, and it, it's uh, Daniel Warren Johnson's most recent miniseries. And it's, it, it's mainly about heavy metal is, is the huge aesthetic theme for this whole thing. And I don't know, man. It's the conclusion of this eight-issue arc, and oh man, it's so it's so great because it's it's not just about metal. It's it's about depression, and a huge theme through the whole thing is is instead of sitting in the void and letting it consume you, you can shout back into it and defy it. So uh, that really resonated with me, and the artwork is just just as amazing as the story was for me. It, I was literally crying. So yeah, That's pick up so- Murder Falcon eight. That is amazing. Mary, what is your book from this past week that you would like? The horrible ironic factor is that mine is Uncanny X-Men number 18. (laughs) 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 The futility of everything aside. Rosenberg, he writes a great team dynamic. Um, He's killing everybody off. but (laughs) He he writes a really good team. I'm grumpy about the karma situation, but I'm always going to be grumpy about that. But it's a good story. All right. right. Uh, Kai, would you like to plug a book? I didn't read any comics this week. I've just been reading um, Star Wars shit, honestly. (laughs) Uh, All right. That's totally fair. You you, you got a podcast towards, so I totally get that. So we will go ahead and wrap up the show. Don't forget to uh, like follow us, follow us here on Twitch at twitch.tv slash oncomicsground. Or if you're watching the archive on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at oncomicsground. Like us at facebook.com slash oncomicsground. And follow our uh, podcast Twitter, which is uh, at PCP underscore podcast. Um, Kai, I want to thank you for coming on and hanging out with us this evening. 
you can check out Kai's uh, podcast, Aggressive Negotiations, which is our Star Wars podcast, this Monday at 8 p.m., where she will be talking about all the Star Wars books that she has been reading. So that'll be a good time that we will uh, love to hear. Um, Travis, what is your closing statement for episode six? Uh, lots of excitement all around. We need Battinson. Oh my God. <laughs> that's, yes. <laughs> that's, that's where I'm standing on that. I, I, okay. I need Battinson. All right. Travis, I stand with you. Well, Mary, what is your closing <laughs> statement for my closing statement is that I'm not negative. I'm just worried. <laughs> I'm not being negative. I'm just worried. Okay, that's that's a fair closing statement. Kai, you are a special guest. So you you will be uh, last before me. Go ahead. What is your statement for issue six? <sighs> Guys, spoilers. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Those 30 year spoilers. <laughs> All right. All right. (laughs) My closing statement, as always, is support your local bookshop. Um, I'm not hating on this movie. Please forgive me for my statements, but I I just I want the I want animation to be better. I want comics to be better. I want us to be able to enjoy the books that we're reading all the time. Because yes, we find these niche books like um, Travis is enjoying enjoying Murder Falcon, but I want us to be able to enjoy all comics and not have these these like. Like like the the diverse of opinions about this kind of stuff, so I like I, I want comics and animation to be better. So it's like don't please don't think that I'm being negative. That, that I, I I like to rant. There's my thing. My closing thing is I like to rant. Um, well, Can I so, say one more thing? So we will go ahead. Can I say one more thing? Go for it, Kai. I have to spoil one more thing for you. Oh, God damn it. Okay, what? <laughs> Thor gets fat. Did you know? Did you know that Bruce Wayne is Batman? I did. Did you know that him and Superman have the same mother's first name? Martha! (laughs) Martha! (laughs) We will catch you guys next time. Good counter. Out. (laughs)